What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Review at Rob Show. Hope everybody out there had a fantastic holiday break. If you're still on the holiday break, because we're in the middle of the week for New Year's uh, celebrations coming up. If I, if you you know, I don't know, I don't know time zones, but you know, it's definitely happening sometimes. Um, but like I said, hope everybody out there's been uh, good. My uh, holiday, everybody out there, blah 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 blah. Part of this show is coming to you from under the water, um, and partly me being under the weather. Uh, so, my holiday was fine. I had a good time. Got to spend some time with the family. Uh, you saw me post all the awesome Funko Pops I got um, from my nieces and then my brother, so that was really cool. Um, chill holiday. I mean, like most things this year, you can't really hang out with too many people. You got social distance and all that, so, you know, couldn't really do big family get-togethers like we normally do, but... You know, still able to do some kind of get-together. Um, but yeah, like I just mentioned, here in South Carolina, the weather is like ridiculous. It goes back and forth on how it feels like it wants to be. And a couple of days last week, it was like really hot one day. And the next two days, it was really cold. And that apparently got to me and got me uh, under the weather. So you might be able to hear it in my voice. Kind of why I'm recording this a little bit later in the week. Whenever you listen to it, you're probably not even going to know it's later. Uh, or some of you may, who are like right on the ball and listen to the show. So as soon as it comes out, you know that it's been late. But um, yeah, man, I got sick. It's not COVID. It's, you know, regular this time of the year, cold thing, you know. Yeah, definitely not COVID. So I'm not worried about that. Um, But yeah, finally feel good enough to be able to record I'm at that point where I can kind of talk, where I'm not like feeling like I have to cough all the time. It's still there, but um, yeah, nonetheless, not gonna go into too far of that. Just letting you know ahead of time, I may, you know, sound like I'm sniffling. I am. It's you know, it's like the cute sniffles. Sniffles aren't cute. Wait a minute, <laughs> sniffles aren't cute. They're kind of gross, but uh, nonetheless. Bear with me through this episode. It probably won't be all that long, but maybe I will go on a bit of a tangent because, as you can see by the title of this episode, I will be reviewing the new, uh, pretty much brand new, dropped on Christmas, dropped on uh, in theaters. If you're able to go to theaters and like 35% of theaters that are open in the world, or um, if you have HBO Max, Wonder Woman 1984 is finally here, it's finally with us, and I will be reviewing that later on in this episode. But uh, before we get there, of course, you know how the show works. We go to the news first. And first two things the news-wise I got for you here is uh, some sequel talk. And starting it off with Ready Player 2 is in the talks uh, to be a movie. Ready Player 2 is currently being written by the, the uh, guy who wrote the first book, obviously. And um, that's cool, man. I, I enjoyed the first uh, Ready Player 1 movie. I thought it was fine. Um, I watched it a couple times. You know, I enjoyed it. I obviously love the Chuckies in the movie, and I love all the, like, I'm a huge freaking cinema file and, you know, I guess pop culture file at that. So it's kind of cool to see all these things. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Ready Player One, but there is a, there's like this shining scene, uh, the shining scene in the movie, which I thought was fantastic and awesome. Probably my second favorite scene other than the Chucky part. But yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what they do with Ready Player Two. Wonder if it'll be more like '90s related, and because most of the icons and pop culture references were '80s in the first film and book, so maybe like '90s and uh, to current times, maybe I don't know. But we'll see. Be, uh, that, that's interesting. Um, another sequel that is being uh, talked about, not really anything moving, but um, the the uh, the creator of the first film is. Um, 
put it out there that there is a possibility for a second one, and that is Alita Battle Angel. Uh, this is a movie I randomly saw last year. I saw it at a Redbox, picked it up. I mentioned Redbox so much on the show, I should be, like, freaking sponsored by Redbox, right? But, you know, it's not going to happen because I don't got to But, um... I remember looking at the movie, I thought it was interesting enough to check out, checked it out, and actually really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so Alita Battle Angel 2, a lot of people have been hoping for a possibility of this happening for a while, and uh, the creator uh, recently said, quote, I think anything is possible, obviously, um, quote, Disney bought Fox, and they have Disney Plus, so that is worth the conversation. I know other people would love to see another, and I would love to do another one. As far as where it would go or how it would be made, I think streaming has opened up many opportunities such as sequels. It's already a pre-sold concept. It's already got a built-in audience that wants to see it. And then it's delivered to them in a way that's easiest for them to consume. So it's not a bad idea. Which is true, man. Um, streaming services seem like a good option. And if uh, Disney, I guess now that they own it, if they're worried about putting it out there, which I don't know why. I think the film... It obviously has an audience, and I think it did pretty good. Um, but yeah, it definitely has a diehard audience, so why not? Go ahead and make another one if you want to put it just on Disney+. Plus. Make it like a series. I think it would work really good as like a limited series or something like that on Disney+. Plus. I think that's I think that's a way to go, you know. Uh, speaking of streaming service, going over to HBO Max uh, is being reported on New York Times, the fancy place, that uh, Warner Brothers will begin accelerating its DC movie release schedule with as many as four. That's right, four. Sorry, I'm freaking my throat. Uh, as many as four new movies hitting theaters each year starting in 2022. Obviously, we know that in 2021, movies are going to be doing um, same day theater and HBO Max, which has caused controversy for some, which has caused joy for others. Um, but an additional two riskier movies debuting on HBO Max is essentially the idea. So they have two, you know, easier movies to put on the big screen and two movies that would be considered risky, I guess, um, on HBO Max. That is according to DC President Walter Hamada, who points to Bat both Batgirl and Static Shock. Interesting to know they're still working on Batgirl. We knew Static Shock was announced at DC Fandom. Um, those are the two properties with strong potential to become HBO Max exclusives. These movies will still have some connection, of course, to the DC's live-action cinematic universe, DCEU, I believe they still call it. But uh, the shift to HBO Max would allow for smaller budgets or less traditional forms of storytelling. With every movie that we're looking at now, we're thinking, what's the potential Max spinoff, as in HBO Max? What is the potential to put something that's connected to this film on HBO Max? So, Batgirl, Static Shock, things of that nature. So, good on them. I'm interested to see it. I obviously, I've said it a hundred times on the show, I love DC. I'm a DC fan, so, and I've enjoyed you know, stuff I've gotten from DC and the DCEU. I'll go into that more when I'm talking Wonder Woman 84, but... Definitely like this idea, and I say take advantage of it, man. Like I said, um, like Disney Plus has all the Marvel shows that are being connected to their universe. Good move for HBO Max to have um, some shows that will be connected to their uh, DCEU, and it makes me really wonder what's going to happen with the CW shows. Will it turn into the route that the Netflix shows did with Marvel, where they just go away, or or what's going on there? Who knows? Um, I know The Flash is still going. Batgirl Season 2 is starting up soon, and uh, things of that nature. So, we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, a lot of stuff going on in the DC world and HBO Max world. Uh, Blumhouse, 
See, there's Sniffles again. I'm, I'm Mr. Sniffly this episode. <laughs> um, Blumhouse is going to make a movie about the true story of a mother who hunted the cartel members after they murdered her daughter. So that is a, a real-life story that they're working on. So yeah, and a lot of uh, movie studios were looking into that story because pretty phenomenal story, it seems. I have not read it, obviously, because I don't want spoilers. From the possible movie that's coming from it. But hey. Good on Blumhouse for uh, winning that out. Blumhouse basically know for a lot of horror movies. So this seems like it may have some horrorness to it. But you know it's taking on a real life story. Which could be very interesting to check out. Let's see. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced some release dates. For three of their upcoming films. Those being uh, George Miller's Mad Max Fury Road. Prequel titled Furiosa. A musical adaptation of The Color Purple. And family film, Coyote vs. Acme. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that was being made. Um, all three films will be debuting in theaters in 2023. Uh, Furiosa will be starring the amazing Anya Taylor-Joy. In the title, uh, the title role, if you remember, Charlize Theron played Furiosa in the Mad Max Fury Road movie. This time around, Anya Taylor-Joy will be pay- playing Furiosa. And that movie is set for June 23rd 2023 which is kind of close to my birthday so that may be a birthday movie for me uh the live action slash animation hybrid coyote versus acme is uh debuting on july 21st and i'm assuming that's wiley coyote versus uh the acme corporation so that's gonna be fun i'm actually that seems kind of interesting man i grew up on uh wiley coyote and the roadrunner and acme and all that good stuff so that's pretty interesting and uh, The Color Purple will release around the holidays on December 20th, 2023. Um, and actually, last bit of news here. Um, the hit Shutter film host will be coming to DVD and Blu-ray in the United States on February 2nd, 2021. Uh, the bonus features include a behind-the-scenes of host. Uh, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew podcast host episode and Seance with the cast of host and crew of the film. Um, You know, Host was actually a very surprising movie and um, it may be on my list of favorite films from 2020. So I won't talk too much about Host right now. You know what? Spoiler alert for that list. Host will be on my list for uh, best films of 2020 and I will talk more about Host when we get there. Just one more bit of piece of news on host um, before we go into the awesome commercial for my buddies, The Haunters. The Haunters actually got to uh, do a Zoom meeting with members of the creative team and the uh, actors for host. So uh, definitely check out Haunters Podcast and check out the episode. Um, check out all their episodes. But uh, if you're interested about host, check out that episode. But that'll do it for the news for this week's episode. Going to go ahead and take a break play that commercial like I was speaking of, and then I will be back. Do you like to go to Halloween Horror Nights? Do you yourself like Hollow Scream, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and other scary things? Or maybe on the weekend, you like to summon a ghost or go find yourself a demon. If you do, then this is the podcast for you. Haunters! You can follow us every Wednesday on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Haunters Pod. Where we're ready ready to haunt you. Ah, wonderful, it comes off kind of creepy. We're keeping it! This world.
world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Citizens of the world! I'm here to change your life. Anything you want. Anything you dream of, you can have it. Look like you saw a ghost. Diana, look at you. It's like now one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. You've always had everything, while people like me have had nothing. Well, now it's my turn. Get used to it. I've never been one for rules. The answer is always more. Fly. They will never find us. I forgot to tell you. What? Radar. Will they will they shoot at us? Barbara, what did you do? so keen on this one i figure uh you are but you know what i'm ready to go i think we can do better parachute pants yeah um does, it, does everybody parachute now all right what's up everybody welcome back to the show that was the trailer for this week's review of wonder woman 1984 or ww84 for those who don't like to say words um this recently, obviously, just released on Christmas in select theaters. Like I said, 35% of movie theaters that are actually opening are actually open. And, of course, on HBO Max, if you have HBO Max. Uh, WW84 follows Diana Prince, who is currently living quietly among mortals in the vibrant, sleek 1980s, an era of excess driven by the pursuit of having it all. Though she's come into her full power, she maintains a low profile by curating curating, excuse me, ancient artifacts and only performing heroic acts incognito. But soon Diana will have to muster all of her strength, wisdom, and courage as she finds herself squaring off against Maxwell Lord and the cheetah, a villainess who possesses possesses superhuman strength and agility. Uh, movie of course stars the wonderful, incredible Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, and Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal. So, Wonder Woman 1984, this is our second Wonder Woman film in the DCEU. And, you know, following um, what most people consider DC's first great movie, or DCEU's first great movie, I've enjoyed all the movies, to be honest with you. But, that's, you know, how people feel about the first film, which, obviously, that first film is fantastic. So, 
I've been hyped for this movie for a long time. It was originally supposed to come out in June. Um, it was pushed back and pushed back and pushed back until it was finally pushed back to December and it stayed at December. And uh, Warner Brothers came up with the the idea of putting the movie on HBO Max and, and theaters as well since things have not gotten better. So, you know, my feelings about the film, I know this is probably controversial and all that stuff, but I thoroughly love the film. I remember seeing everybody on Twitter hating on the movie. Not everybody. Some people have loved the movie, but most of the people on Twitter, which... You know, people do that anyways when it comes to DC. But a lot of people just hating on the movie, saying it's it's not fun, it's boring, it's slow, yada, 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 yada. I don't get this, I don't get that, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I equate some of that to being Marvel fanboys because a lot of people are just stuck on Marvel and think Marvel does everything great and Marvel's the end-all, end-all, and people think that they created comic book movies and all that stuff. Um, which I can do a whole episode about that. I'm not getting into that. So, I saw all of that, and within the first 40 minutes, I mean, as soon as I started watching the movie, I actually took a break in, like, 40 minutes in, and I was just like, what are, What movie were these people watching? Because I loved the movie right from the get-go. I was hooked, and the storytelling got me right away. We're doing the double open here, and, you know, the story got me, and that's what's so great about the Wonder Woman story, is it's interesting in so many other ways, and... You get to look into, you know, history, and you get to look into this, and you get to look at that. So, I don't know what people, I have no idea what people are saying with this movie. Obviously, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, yada, yada. But I, I just don't get it when people say, I, I guess people don't understand storytelling. I guess that's what it is. Or they don't understand anything that isn't like the cookie-cutter, typical story. Because um, to me, I understood the story right away. I got it. I got what they were going for. And I enjoyed the movie, the, the the whole two hours and 30 minutes of that movie. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Had a great time. The movie, very much storytelling. It's not your typical comic book movie where it's like action scenes everywhere. You know, it was very much, we're telling a story, we're going to do acting, and we'll have some action thrown into it. And when you get to the action, great action scenes. Fantastic action scenes. But there's so many, like the story is very interesting. It's a lot about, definitely a love story. Um, definitely about how to live after you've lost your love, how to move forward, all of this, um, and as well, it is a story about being truthful, things of that nature, so, I love the story, like I said, the action scenes when you get to it are good, you heard some of the comedy bits in there as well, um, not an overly hilarious movie, because it's not really the tone of the movie, but definitely when you get, there are comedic bits that are funny, um, but yeah, man, there are scenes in this movie that literally, like, I freaking mouth dropped open during one scene. I can't say much because I don't want to spoil the film. But um, there's one scene where I just freaking fanned out. Um, there's other scenes where, you know, I was just breathtaking scenes. And it's not, like, again, it's not an action scene that I'm talking about when I say these things are breathtaking to me. It's more of story arc and story building and seeing these things play out. And you're like, oh, my God, that's so perfect. So I thoroughly enjoyed Wonder Woman 84. I thought the story was good, the action's good, the acting, oh my god, the acting gal, we already know she's fantastic, she's Wonder Woman, without a doubt, we already know how fantastic she is, um, Chris Pine is just an absolute freaking treasure to this world, he's in here and he does such a fantastic job of playing kind of what Wonder Woman's character was in the first film, if you remember the first Wonder Woman movie, she's very, she's out of place, she doesn't know what's going on when she gets away from the mascara, and she's in like another world and all that stuff, Chris Pine is like this now, because he's he doesn't know what the 80s are like. He has no idea what this time frame is like. 
So, you know, I mean, the first film what, was, what, 1918? So we're moving to 1984. He has no idea about anything that's going on in the 80s. So, like, freaking graffiti art, breakdancing, uh, clothing, all that stuff. Uh, he doesn't know what's going on. But, you know, he plays it so perfectly. And Chris Pine is just nailing every single bit in this movie. And he's just freaking, he's, he's dynamic, man. He's a great actor. And he... He nails it with everything that goes on. I mean, you just love everything that he does. Um, Kristen Wiig is great. I mean, we all know she's always she's always been really good. A lot of people have always liked her. Um, but yeah, she was. She's really good in the movie. And I, when I was watching it, I've only seen it once. I'm definitely gonna watch it more times um, before it goes away, and I can't watch it again. But she. Sorry for the pauses, guys. I'm dealing with, you know, this freaking, this ick. But, um, she was really good. I liked her character. I mean, kind of the, we've seen it a lot of times with, um, comic book movies, the nerdy person kind of, you know, coming out. Um, and she played, she plays it so great. And honestly, when I was watching the movie, my, the first thought, or one of the first thoughts that came to my mind is like, I bet you in a number of years and in time that her character as Cheetah will be as beloved as Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Yeah, I said it. And I think it would be. You know, I see a lot of parallels there and I see every single possibility of her character becoming something that is world-loved like um, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I can definitely see that happening. Pedro Pascal, this is another complaint I heard a lot of people say, is saying that he's a boring actor and he's not good, and that good thing he wears a mask on Man on the Mandalorian. Like, shut up, people. Again, it makes me wonder what movie they were watching because he is freaking charismatic as hell in this movie, and he is freaking delivering on every single emotion he needs to deliver based on the script, and he's killing it. So I don't know what people were seeing there, but he was fantastic. Great movie, greatly done by um, Patty Jenkins, and you know, so happy that she got to be on board for the sequel and do her thing. So. Mentioned a couple times about people, you know, essentially bitching about the movie, and that's what happens. Anytime DC movie comes out, people bitch about it because it's not the same as a Marvel movie. Um, and, you know, people think I'm making that up. It's the truth. People, I mean, come on. It's it's it's, it's the truth. Um, so one of the things I saw, Wonder Woman 19, quote, Wonder Woman 1984 features some cheesy-looking CGI. What the hell movie were they watching? Because the CGI is fantastic in the movie when they use CGI. A lot of the stuff is practical, just like Patty Jenkins herself has talked about. This, I mean, I, I know they brought up Cheetah. looked ridiculous. Cheetah looked freaking fantastic. To be honest with you, the first time you see Cheetah in the movie, to me, freaking, she looked haunting, man. Cheetah looked haunting the first time you see her. So, and the CGI looks good. So, cheesy looking CGI? Wrong. Um, a lot of people complaining about the love story and how Steve Trevor comes back and all that stuff. Obviously, I won't spoil that, but I need people to understand that, and it's so ridiculous how people are about stuff. This movie is an 80s movie. <laughs> I mean, that's where the title comes from. Yeah, you got some, like, 80s style, and it takes place in the 80s, and you got some 80s style, but they don't harp on the 80s in that movie. But the movie, if you really watch it and pay attention, plays like a freaking movie from the 80s. Obviously, it looks better from, you know, ability of things these days. But technology of things these days. But yeah, it plays like an 80s movie. And on top of that, the storyline and how Steve Trevor comes back and the the wishing stone. 
which by the way, big F you to people who are complaining about a stone making wishes or the stone being a power when the last 10 years you've been perfectly fine with a fucking stone. Get off my ass. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, came right at you on that one. Um, but yeah, perfect storyline, comic book storyline. People are always like, man, these comic book movies, I wish they'd follow the comics, I wish they'd be like comics. It's a freaking comic book storyline, essentially, in this movie. This is how you, how things would happen in a comic book. And I can be honest with you, I've seen worse and way worse storylines in comic books than what this movie did. So, there you go. Another complaint people had is that Wonder Woman has a job, that Diana Prince has a job. Again, I don't remember ever seeing this complaint when Clark Kent has a job. But all of a sudden, Wonder Woman having a job is like an issue. Like, what? where do people come up with these arguments, man? They're so asinine with the stuff they come up with. So, that's just some of the complaints I've seen. Me, personally, I love the whole over 2 hour and 30 minute movie. Had a blast with it. There's one credit scene, which is awesome. Good callback. Um, but to be great story. Great acting, great action. Definitely worth it. Wonder Woman 84 is another good DC film. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, he's biased because he loves DC. I love DC to death, but I will be honest with you that Justice League movie has some issues with, which, you know, over time, if I keep watching it, I'm probably not going to watch it again because Zack Snyder's Justice League is coming out soon. But, you know, I mean, there's things of the movie I do absolutely enjoy, and I have to give the movie a little bit of leadway because that movie was, like, freaking cut in half, and it was taken over by a completely different creative mind and while the movie is being filmed and all that stuff so that is what it is but nonetheless wonder woman 1984 i thoroughly enjoyed um looking at it right now wonder woman set a pandemic box office record taking in 16.7 million uh it's probably taking in even more money than that um earning over is now earned over 85 million at the box office these numbers are like three days ago so it's probably over that by now um, and that was at 35% of movie theaters in the United States being open at the moment. To make that even more impressive to understand is that Christopher Nolan's Tenet, which was the movie that was supposed to save movie theaters, remember that? Christopher Nolan wanted the movie to be released so it can help save cinema. That movie debuted at $9.35 million when 70% of theaters were opened. Alright? You get that? <laughs> you understand that? This movie with almost 40% less theaters open made a ton more money than Tenet. Wonder Woman 84 made bank. Alright? And it looks like it's it's over $822 million worldwide at this point. That's saying something. Especially with 35% of movie theaters being open. Like people can't see this thing in theaters. And they're freaking seeing it. Um... It debuted with huge numbers on HBO Max. It had people getting HBO Max to watch it. People who already had HBO Max continued it. Set records for streams. Mind you, this released at like 12 p.m. It didn't release at 12 a.m. in the morning like a lot of stuff releases. This released later on the day, like right at the afternoon time. And it still broke stuff. And that, of course, led to the fantastic news that Wonder Woman 3 has been fast-tracked. Um... Right here saying it, quote, as fans around the world continue to embrace Diana Prince, driving the strong opening weekend performance of Wonder Woman 1984, we are excited to be able to continue her story with our real-life Wonder Women, Gal and Patty, who will return to conclude the long-planned theatrical trilogy. So we're getting a trilogy, man. 
that is awesome. Happy to see it. Again, I don't know what movie other people saw. Maybe it's just because I love storytelling. I know my good buddies um, share my opinion with this movie and share my appreciation for this movie. So, again, I, I don't get why people hated the movie. But, you know, people are people. I personally love Wonder Woman 1984 and highly suggest checking it out. I highly, and, you know, if you don't have HBO Max, go ahead and get it because a lot of Warner Brothers movies are coming to HBO Max in 2021. So... That is the review for this week's episode. If you agree with me, awesome. If you don't, it's your choice. But nonetheless, I love the movie. Can't wait to watch it again. But as for this episode, that is going to be it. Um, new episode in the new year. Yeah. Coming next week, which going to be a completely different kind of episode. Um, I will, of course, give you any kind of news that's out there at that time. But instead of like a traditional review, I'm going to give you my... Um, Favorite films of 2020. That's right. Movies came out in 2020. Shut up with that stupid joke. I will give you my uh, my favorite films of 2020. My actual list. Maybe top 10, I guess. Uh, I know my buddies, The Haunters, just did their top 10. I know, I do like a whole list. So every movie that came out in 2020 that I saw, I do the whole list. And it's normally like 30 plus or 40 movies. Um, so I might do that. I might go through all those. Who knows? But nonetheless, you will be getting my list of uh, favorite movies of 2020. Or a list of, I don't know. You'll be getting a list from me um, in 2020. Also, future episode plan is um, my buddy, again, to bring up the Haunters. Um, love those dudes. My buddy, Zach, put out this thing on his Twitter page. Where he went from 2001 all the way to this year, 2020. Um, whenever you listen to this, it might be 2021. Um, but he did that in like... The film that stuck out to him from all years. So not like his favorite film, but the film that like stuck out to him from all his years, which I thought was a fucking fantastic idea. So, I'm sorry if I'm cussing in front of ladies. Not gentlemanly, I know, I'm sorry. Um, but that E is there, but still, nonetheless, it should be gentlemanly. But, I love that idea. Ran with that idea, got his approval to run with that idea, and I'm going to make it an episode. So, going to do that once I finish it. And it was so funny going through it, and I'm like, all these movies that came out, like the first year was easy. And then after that, I'm like, oh my god, this movie, and that movie, and this movie, and that movie. And they had like seven, eight options for each year. So, um, definitely have to window that down. But that's like two episodes from now. Anyways, rambling on. Next week's episode, in the new year, favorite films of 2020, coming at you. Or all movies I watched in 2020, ranked, whatever. Nonetheless, thank you so much for joining me this week. I appreciate the people who um, support my show more than anything. And you know what? Before ending the show, it's been... A very interesting year uh, for me personally with this show. And, you know, I started it earlier this year. Had no idea where it was going to go. It got tough if I wanted to continue doing it for a while because it didn't really take off. But, you know, honestly, I love doing the show. And I, I see, I've got some people who enjoy the show as well. And hopefully in 2021 it will grow some more. But nonetheless, I'm still going to be here doing it because I love talking movies. So to all of you who have supported me throughout the year, I thank you so much for your uh, uh, support. Uh, nonetheless, that's going to conclude the Review of Rob show for 2020. Everybody stay safe out there. We're almost there. We're almost to the new year. Everything seems promising. Let's stay positive. Keep the positivity because positivity is power. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I am Review at Rob. And remember that happiness can always be found in the darkest times if one remembers to turn on the light. Talk to you talk to you in the new year. Ha <laughs> ha stupid joke.
Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.